You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait, celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 26 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? Good. What have you been up to this week? Oh, my God. I think, you know, I've got RSI, Val. Why have you from, got RSI? I'm um, over-retouching stuff. So, <laughs> like, I wonder if, uh, I, and I would, and this is a serious question to all the listeners who uh, do a lot of work on the computer, do you ever suffer from um, uh, repetitive strain injury from uh, overusing the mouse? And uh, do you get like sore in on the other? What's the inside of your elbow called, Val? What's that bit? Uh, the, the inside opposite? of your elbow. <laughs> Isn't there a technical term for it? The Possibly. inside of your elbow? I would like to know what I'm that not is. an anatomy expert. Um, so in there hurts and hands hurt from like, cause I'm trying to get all these jobs out. Um, yeah, so I've been busy doing that. What have you been doing? Um, I don't have RSI at the moment. Um, mm. however, when I was getting it a little bit, a few months ago, I bought a vertical mouse and, um, that relieved it somewhat, but then I was, because I had to then do a great deal of editing, this was more so editing in, um, audio editing and video editing. Uh-huh. Um, it, I just wasn't used to the vertical mouse for that. It was fine what? for doing basic things. I don't know what a vertical mouse is. So you know how you place your hand sort of, you know, flat, flat. down. Yeah. Well, the mouse is so that you have it on its side. So it's like you're gripping like a joystick in a sense. Oh, right. Okay. It's Got not it. a joystick, but it, it's yeah. still sort of yeah. shaped like a mouse, but the yeah. mouse, it's its like it's turned on its side. But so anyway, just, yeah. <laughs> this is, it, it, yeah, it, it only lasted for a, a, a few weeks and then I got into this heavy duty editing and I realized that I just wasn't being efficient and I ended up going back to the other mouse. Right. There's but, a whole show in photography injuries, you know. Oh, you know. <laughs> Like lower back pain from yes. carrying stuff, shoulder. They're like, we should do one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that'd be popular, photography injuries. <laughs> but I'm really keen to um, get talking about this week's topic. But before we do, we've got a few links and um, photo critiques to do. But this week we're talking about tying the knot, a beginner's guide to wedding photography. And I think this is um, really interesting because for the amateur, photographers amongst among us and the enthusiasts among us there's always that friend who asks us to do them a favor and shoot their wedding and often we'd love to do it because they're our friend or maybe we end up you know giving that as a wedding present to them or something like that mm. and uh, I think it's really important to tackle it correctly not only and it may be your first and only wedding potentially <laughs> but you still want to do it right and there's some people exactly. who actually end up deciding that they love doing wedding yep. photography or may find an opportunity to earn some extra income on the weekends. And so I think this is a really good episode. But before we get on to that, 
Let's talk about links that we've got. This is Dan, you have an interesting TED talk you want to talk about. Yes. So like because I've, I've been spending quite a bit of time in front of my screen, so there's always like a bit of binge watching that goes on, Val. Oh, yeah. So um, this week I started binge watching TEDx talks, which was oh. – Really, uh, like, really interesting. So I thought I'd like try and get educated as well. Mm-hmm. And I actually stumbled on a really good one. Uh, and uh, photographer Jimmy Nelson did one, and he's like a British uh, documentary photographer. And he went around the world to like thirty-five, forty-four countries, and he photographed all these uh, unique tribes. Mm-hmm. And and like the photos, Val, are just. Stunning, so so beautiful, and his TED talk is really amazing. It's like he really he really opens up about how he needed to be uh, like connect with these tribes people and live with them, and then you know in the end it was when he finally started to like play the fool and be vulnerable and not come in and swagger in as like I'm the photographer, but it's like when he finally you know was really human with them. That's when he managed to like get the shots and the stories are fat. Like it's so good, it's so inspiring. And and do you know that like he, he borrowed the money to do it from a like a Dutch min, a billionaire gave him the money like just wow. gave him money to travel around the world and do that so it's like it's it's fascinating well worth a, a listen and a watch wow I'm interested in how he got you know convinced a Dutch billionaire that's so am I I thought you would be that's why I said that it's like you know Ooh. let's uh... <laughs> jeez yeah they are fantastic shots so we'll put a link in the show notes as well uh, but also we have a photo critique. Now, for those of you who are new to the podcast, we'll critique a uh, photo each week. So if you would like Gina to have a look at the shot, at your shot, then please do email us news at ginamilitia.com. But this week it is from, it's a great shot actually. I think it's a great shot. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it from Shooting Wild Photography and uh, someone called Jean-Marie who is from France but currently living in Sweden and um, listens to the show uh, since day one on his commute to work, on their commute to work. Great way to pass the time and learn. This is my hashtag Gina challenge submission for the black and white theme and it's shot on the Lena Bridge in Paris between the Eiffel Tower and the Trocadero. So we will put the image in the show notes for, if you want to have a look at it but it's a great shot black and white shot of a young woman in the foreground and in the background there's basically um, you know the, the, the scene of Paris. So what are your thoughts on the shot Gina? Well, I think uh, Jean-Marie's done a fantastic job on this and he's used, a, like, he, he actually lists uh, the, the gear to the users. So he's, he's using, uh, like, an entry-level Canon 60D uh, and he normally works with a kit lens, but for this one he's used the uh, the Canon 50mm and I think he shot this at around uh, 1.8 or 2. So you can tell that because it's like the background is uh like right out of focus, focused on the eyes. And I, I just think he's done a great job on this. So like the par- Paris light is always beautiful. In this instance, it's like a nice, soft, overcast light, which is absolutely perfect 
for doing portraits and he sort of he's posed his model over to the left of the frame so that we can see the background and then what he's done is rather than just having her looking directly into the frame he's got her to like just glance out to the side which I, I, I do this a lot with my models too mm. I think it's a great way to pose girls and then like the whole the styling he's, he's got her uh, like dressed like a bit of a rock chick which is really cool with the leather jacket the 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 wind is blowing the hair um, off off the face and and across which is really cool and uh, I, I look I I love this shot. I think it's beautiful. The the only um, small criticism I have, and this may, may be a personal thing, is I, I would have perhaps liked to have seen, a, a, because it's in Paris and it's somewhere beautiful, maybe a bit more detail in the background. So I might have played with depth of field a little bit to, just to bring in a little bit more detail in the background. But that's just a personal thing. And, uh, you know, I think everything, post-production, uh, lighting, styling, setting it up, fantastic. Great job. Gorgeous. Well done, Jean-Marie. And we have a listener question from Kunal Prasad, who lives in the US. And Kunal has said, I sometimes wonder what kind of post-processing is done on event capturing photography so that it does not look like a snapshot, neither is it over-processed, and how to make sure white balance of all the peaks of the event looks similar. That's a really good question. Yeah, Gina, yeah. Well, okay, so the basic uh, formula I use for most events is I don't set my camera to auto white balance because what happens then is like it, 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 it'll change for every single frame. So it'll, it'll pick a spot, do the white balance for you, and then when you get back, your white balance could be if you've taken 500 shots, you get 500 different white balances all over the place. So what I do is uh, like for everything that I shoot, I actually preset my white balance to uh, 5200 which is daylight and then I shoot in raw and then I adjust my white balance in post okay so I get a consistent white balance throughout the whole thing uh, then my, the next step is I'll uh, rename everything and then uh, ba a basic uh, re uh, workflow for an event would be just to increase my black slightly uh, open up my shadows a little bit and I might increase uh, clarity uh, which is mid-tones just a little bit and that's it I might reduce saturation a tiny bit but that's basically all I do for an event and then it all looks consistent and uh, it, it looks pretty good Mm, yeah, great tips. Um, so I want to move on to this is a great, uh, you know, segue to what we're talking about this week, which is event photography, but specifically mm. wedding photography. And I think that um, it's such an important thing because a wedding is only ever going to happen once. Well, sometimes mm -hmm. it happens more than once, but that particular day you have a limited opportunity to capture the images. And I just remember when I was bridesmaid at a wedding, so I was in the bridal party. What did you wear, Val? What did you do, taffeta? <laughs> tell me, was it taffeta? It was, Please tell I me it was, it was taffeta. I silk. <clears throat> and um, did you have Jip in your hair? Did I have what in my hair? <laughs> you know that white flower, gypsula? <laughs> oh, like baby's breath in my hair. That's, yeah. No, I don't think we had flowers in our hair, but we probably carried baby's breath. But anyway, there, there were three bridesmaids and there were three groomsmen. 
Oh, no, were there two? I can't remember, but there was a bridal party of about, you know, six or eight people, right? So there's a lot of yeah. people to wrangle for group shots. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, we were at various settings, not only at the church, but also, you know, in a park and um, near some beautiful old buildings. And the photographer was a friend of the bride and who was a photography enthusiast. And she thought it was great to be able to, offer this to the bride as a, you know, almost like as a gift. And, um, and, uh, she had to wrangle this huge bridal party for the group shots. So she would set us up, you know, um, in the park and she would just, and, and, and it was, you know, near the, 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 the bench or whatever. And she would take one frame and move us along. (laughs) And then she would set us up at the gazebo and she would take one frame and oh, move no. us along. And I wanted to actually shake her and say, are you seriously insane? Are you nuts? We're not looking. You've got to wrangle eight people. We can't possibly be all looking <gasps> in the right direction or, you know. And, of course, when the shots came out, there were very few. There, was, oh, there were hardly any group shots that were usable. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. So I know that you have some great tips apart from, you know, some tips to do with that particular, (laughs) you know, uh, situation. But I know you've got some great tips about wedding photography. So where do you start? All right. So basically uh, today I'm going to talk about like what's the essential pre-nuptial gig checklist, okay, (laughs) just to make sure that all those – you know, you don't have a horror day. Then I'm going to cover my essential wedding gear checklist. Yes. Then what to do on the big day and then what to do after the wedding's over. All right. Okay. After the wedding. All right. All right. Well, let's start then with the essential pre-nuptial gig checklist. All right. So basically uh, Jan in accounts is getting (laughs) married. Okay. Okay. And so if you've told Who's enough people. Is she getting pe- married to? Um, Dave. Okay. <laughs> Maybe she get married to Wayne. <laughs> no, sorry, go on. No, so 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 Jan's marrying Dave right. in um, HR. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, so eventually if you tell enough people that you're a photographer or they see you, like, you know, doing enough photography, eventually someone's going to ask you to do a wedding, right? Okay. Yeah. So Jan's come along and she said, I'm getting married. I want you to take the photos. What do you do? All right. Mm. So. First thing I would suggest is that you start doing your research. So have a look at what's out there. Check out other photographers' websites and get familiar with uh, photography styles. And so, and like another really good thing to do is if you've got time, if Jan said it's in three months' time, I would try and find um, a couple of wedding photographers and go out and assist with them. Like yeah, offer your services. Can I? Can, can I carry your bags or, you know, come along and hold the, the flecky board uh, on the shoot? And that's going to give you a, like an idea of like how other people do it and what the rundown is because there is a sort of like a set way mm. that, that most people shoot weddings and it's sort of going to get you the, an idea of how the pace and how everything does, how it's all done. And I think that's a really good start for like the first port of call. And I think also um, in terms of styles, check out wedding blogs. There are so many wedding blogs these days that have oh, yeah. lots of diff- lots of great imagery. So that's one good place to have a look at as well. Exactly, yeah. Uh, 
the other thing you should do is so you've got the three months, start practicing. So, like, you know, if you've got like uh, kids, a dog, a partner who's going to help you, a friend, get them to uh, run towards you or walk towards you because that's really good practice for getting the walking up the aisle shot of the bride. <laughs> so it's going to teach you how to track the shot. So if you can like photograph your your dog or your kids running towards you, right, mm. you, it's going to be really easy when it comes to doing the brides, okay? Mm-hmm. The other thing to do is also like get your flash, get your camera out and practice doing uh, l- low light uh, situation. So have a go at uh, shooting like indoors without flash. Just check out what your camera is capable of and how it looks at really high ISO so that you know that you can confidently go, okay, if I'm in the church, I can shoot at like 1600 ISO and I know it's not going to be that grainy, but if I go over, it's going to start to look blotchy. So you've got a fair idea of what you're working with. I think that practicing is so important and really exactly what you just said about the walking down the aisle shot. I know this wasn't a wedding, but I remember a photographer begged me to do a, um, to, to, to commission her to mm. do the shots at a fashion show. And you can imagine there's a fashion show, there's a runway. So it's yeah. like walking down an aisle, right? Yeah. And oh my God, I almost, I was really busy that day because I was running the whole thing. And yeah. I, I saw her out at the corner of my eye and I thought, oh, what is she doing? And And only when I got the shots after the event did I realize, oh, my God, disaster. Not one single shot was from the end of the runway, which is, of course, where you see the model front on and where they actually pose at the end for the photographers. Every single shot was from the side, which which – it was nice if you wanted photos of, you know, models walking, but we wanted to see the outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to see it. And so mm. same for the bride coming up the aisle. You want to be in a position where you can get her walking down yeah. and you can also track her on, um, you know, on servo or continuous, I think it's called on Nikon. You just track the face mm. as they're coming down. So this, this is something that like when you get it, you're never going to forget how to do it. But it's something that you really should practice and, you know, dog, kids, and you'll get great shots of all your family, friends and everything, all right? Uh, Another thing uh, I I suggest you do is uh, if if the wedding venue is nearby – Take a visit, and if it's your first time, and even if it is a half hour or an hour away, I, I would still go there and visit at the same time mm. as the wedding is scheduled, so that you can know where the light's going to be, where the sun's going to be, and then have a really good look and get familiar, and maybe you know have a think about where you might want to set up your shots. And uh, like the other thing you can do is do internet searches of that particular venue, so you can see who's been there before and what they've done with the venue, and have a look on like Google pick, Google or 500 pics and things like that, yeah. the actual website of the venue is a, also a really good place to look because that, that will showcase all the best shots of the venue. And so you can actually get an idea of like where you might want to shoot. Great. Great idea. All right. Yep. What else? Uh, okay, th- this is essential. So like about two weeks out, I would get Jan and Dave <laughs> over, have them um, maybe coffee or something mm. uh, and, and spend a little bit of time with them and just really um, talking about like what it is that they want from the day. And like, I think it's okay if it's your first 
wedding vow to like be up front and, and like you know hopefully they know it's your first wedding and you're not going to a bluff that mm. it's your first wedding and just uh, sort of be up front about expectations and sort of what they're expecting from you and what you're going to give them and be really clear about like you know I'm going to give supply this many photos I'm going to cover this amount of time this is how long I'm going to be there and and all of that all right mm. uh, uh, Get a rundown of the day so that they by then would have ha- had some time to spend with an event organizer or someone that's organizing the event and know that, that you know, this is what time we're getting ready. This is what time yes. we have to be at the church. This is what time the reception starts so that you know that crucial time between wedding and reception, how long you've got, yeah. right? Because that's so important. Mm. And so so that you know everything. So you want that uh, in writing. So if there is an event organiser, gen- I generally ask them to send that to me. If there isn't, whoever's doing it, um, get them to send it to you so that you've got that like on your phone or, or printed out on your person so that you can plan the day around that. All and right? also what their expectations are from do they want every moment captured? Exactly. What? What? Do, and and then and on that like expectations, Val. There there are some people that will say, "Oh, look, look, we're not fast. We're not really into weddings. We don't like set set up or stage wedding. Just go around and just you know, just do really arty stuff. We don't really care. We're just so in love. We just want nice photos, okay? And then they kiss. Done the honey, and he, you know. And when the husband never says anything, or the husband to be, they got to be really careful about those situations. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. That's danger zone because yeah. generally they do that. But then what about everyone else? And so the parents who are generally paying for the wedding mm. turn around and say, how come, how come there isn't any setup shots? Yeah. So, so I think even if they say just do it like documentary style, mm. you should always throw in a couple of safety shots Absolutely. set up for the, for the parents and for everyone else, okay? Yeah. Um, Always find out how long the actual ceremony is going to be, the mm. actual getting married. I got caught out so badly once, Val. Why, why? It was like there was, there was a wedding happening and it was uh, outside a lovely location and uh, I, I turned up like uh, I think, uh, you know, 30 minutes before the event and they, they started. And now, like my background, Val, I'm Italian. When we get married, they go for ages. The <laughs> ceremony goes, like they get started, the priest gets talking, 40 minutes an hour max, okay? It's, it, it, they go on and on and on and on and on. This wasn't like that. This was like literally. So so I was, I was loading film, Val. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting ready. I'm like, this is going to go for ages. And it was like, okay, thanks everyone for coming. So do you, yeah, do you, yeah, let's kiss. <laughs> I'm like, what? wait, wait, wait. I'm still like loading. I'm on my knees loading film going, oh are God. you kidding? It went for, it was three minutes. Oh, <laughs> I had to ask them after the I said I'm really sorry I missed the kiss please do it again it oh was so quick so now I always ask so can you tell me how long the actual ceremony is going to be what's going to happen and mm. then so that you're prepared if it's going to be a really fast one <laughs> the other thing I like to ask the couple to do uh, at, at this pre-meet is when it does come time to the kiss can you make it a good one, a long one? <laughs> don't just do, don't just do that little peck. Yes, that it, that peck that's like you got one go and like you, you, so I'm like so. Can you do sort of a movie piece? It, it doesn't have to be like a 
you know, that romantic where they drop down and it goes for <laughs> ages or a patch which can be really awkward for everyone watching. You know, when they yes. go too long, everyone just starts getting uncomfortable yes. enough now. But just like long enough that I can get the shot. <laughs> and, the, and the other thing I like to do is I like to ask the bridesmaids to smile when they walk up the aisle because they're generally really nervous. Yeah, they, they look petri. Did you look petrified when you were bridesmaid I, going up the aisle? Did you smile? I honestly, can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. but I, I remember going to a wedding once, um, and I don't know maybe whether they didn't want photos but there was no photographer which was the bizarrest thing because you know she was in the beautiful dress and you know she was all dolled up and all the rest of it and uh it was at the great hall of the university of sydney now for those people who aren't familiar with that it's it's stunning it's a beautiful beautiful old um historic gorgeous sandstone hall which is one part one corner of the you know traditional quadrangle of the university it's stunning it's got stained glass it's where um it's where you go to graduate so you can imagine entire faculties thousands of people fill it to go and graduate so anyway turn up with my parents and uh because we were all invited and uh we you know attended we went we went and sat down and then realized that apart from the bridegroom and groom's mother, uh, we were the only guests. Oh my god. In the whole Great Hall. Like oh empty my Great god. Hall. Weird thing the reception was that night and there were a thousand people there. <gasps> I know. So oh I don't god. I don't know what happened to the photographer either. So I just sort of took some photos because I thought they might want to capture this. Wow. <laughs> but it was the weirdest thing ever. That's so bizarre. I know. It's like Twilight Zone came and made all the other guests disappear and but they came to the reception. But anyway, that's Great just followers. an aside. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right in that um, you, you should just brief people, absolutely brief people. Really well. So yeah. an, another really good thing to do is that to ask the couple to bring photos that they like mm, to show you. Yes. I, and, and so then there's no confusion. So we really like this really romantic style or we're both hipsters and we like this hipster look yes. or this is so that you've got an idea of the style that they they might like to you know for you to shoot it in yeah um and then uh this this is a really important one of our family concerns mm. this is where you need to ask is uncle johnny not speaking to auntie marge yeah. is there any is there any friction in the family because often you know nowadays it's quite common that there'll be like you know family that, that, that are broken and there's like step step siblings and step mums and steps you know all of that yeah. you want to know which sister? Because it's like it gets really awkward if you try and do the family shot and you're lining up the sisters and they haven't spoken to each other for fifty years, mm. which is really common. So I, I kind of ask all of those questions and you, you find out a lot of really great information and that helps. And and also like you, they might tell you stories like you know Auntie um, Flawed is coming and we haven't seen her for fifty years and this is the first time they'll be reunited. So then you're on the lookout for those sort of beautiful moments mm. that you remember when they told you mm. so that's just a really good thing so probably take notes at that time and and also uh ask for a spot at the reception where you can sit and uh even if it's with the band mm. 
so you can compose yourself and and also ask for a hot meal because often you're on your feet you might be working for 8 to 10 hours yeah. so it's i think it's really important to uh to get a hot meal on the day at the end of the day uh Another thing that's really a, a really good trick to do, Val, is to, to, to ask for the, and it's, it's also essential, get the name and mobile numbers of the entire wedding party. Oh, okay? great idea. So, so this, this is in case of an emergency or you, need, you can't contact the groom or the bride, which you, generally on the wedding day you won't be able to anyway because they're so busy. And uh, this is also a really good way for you to remember all the names of the wedding party so that you can actually call them by name because yep. otherwise you've got so many people. So you've got that little record in your pocket yeah. and and the other person that I want to get the name of is uh, the, the dress designer makeup artist florist and the venue so you've got a contact for all those people for later on okay so you'll okay. talk about later on later on we'll talk about later on later on okay. so you know, because it's like one of the things I do is I like to send all those people the shots afterwards. And, mm. and these are really good people that you should be networking with and, and, and getting to know because they can give you future work, Great. you know. And there's a, like, a really famous story. Uh, there's a celebrity wedding photographer, a very famous guy called Robert Evans. Mm-hmm. And he uh, scored uh, his first celebrity wedding of guess who? Who? It's like one of the most famous weddings of celebrity weddings in the world. Uh, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. Oh yes. Right? He scored that wedding because, like, uh, like maybe a couple of years ago, he had started giving the florist uh, uh, his shots every time he did a wedding. He would just send it to this person, and they ended up making a friendship. And and Smart. this person was so grateful to him. She's like, no one ever, ever, no photographers ever send me the flower shots, and you did without even asking. And so they became friends. And then this wedding comes up and the florist recommended him. And he was just like a, he was just like a, you know, a normal wedding photographer, nothing fancy. And then he got Brad and Jens. And mm. from then he got like, he shot every single uh, celebrity wedding after that. Fantastic. And he didn't even know on the day that he did not know until he turned up at the church. <laughs> they kept it secret. He knew he was doing someone, um, you know, it was top secret. He knew it was someone, but he didn't know until the day. And then he, he finds out like 10 minutes before he's about wow. to shoot the wedding. Can you imagine? How would you be? Wow. How, has that ever happened to what? you where it's been kept secret until the 11th hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get, and it's like secret, and then not allowed to tell anyone because you don't want the media finding out. Mm. And then you've got that, that like, and then I'm not, not told. And then I find out, and then I'm not allowed to say anything. I'm not allowed to show them on social media. I'm not allowed mm. to do anything. I just shoot them, and then they're done. Yeah, yes, it's all top, 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 top ce- secret. You've done celebrity weddings, haven't you? Except that I you do can't a, I say do who a they lot. are. <laughs> I can't even say who they are, but that were fabulous. Okay, <laughs> great. Good. Lots all of right. great people. So let's move on then to on day like the gear that you should bring because it's kind of like do you need to because sometimes you think I'm just going to pack everything but you can't when you're going to a wedding because you've got to move around so much yeah so so you want you want a kit that's going to be uh fairly portable that you can have with you and be able to move it around so So I would suggest that you have two camera bodies. So like most of you who are doing your first wedding, you're only going to actually own one camera. So my advice is to beg, borrow or hire the second body. 
okay? Mm. Really essential because it's best to have like one camera that's got like a shorter lens, the wider for the group shots, and then I have another camera that's going to cover the longer portrait shots. So you can just – it's it's you don't have time to be swapping out lenses. Not that it can't be done. But, you know, it's best uh, to be able to, to swap between two cameras. Or, yeah. you know, then the other option is you, you have one, but you've got like a, like a very wide to very long zoom lens, mm-hmm. all right? But I, I would prefer to have the two camera option, okay? okay? So the, 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 the lenses that I would have in the kit is like a minimum of a 24 to 70 uh, for the group shots, a 70 to 200 for uh, the long shots, Okay, and a fifty, uh, the nifty fifty is great uh, for like the when you're doing Jan at home. She's got a lot of guff in the background <laughs> always. So if you want to eliminate all she, Jan, do you know that Jan collects dolls with with, <laughs> with the doilies? Do you know those? She's got like five five thousand of them. Okay, everywhere. So <laughs> if you want to just like remove the background and take beautiful shots, the the 50 mil 1.8, which is like a two, $200 lens, right, is great mm. for doing that, okay? And the other thing I would have is like a minimum of one speed light with uh, some kind of modifier. Like I, I love my little LumiQuest. It's a very cheap little softbox that I put on my speed light, okay? Um, and then you've got a reflector. Yeah. So, and, and that will be like the gold, silver, and then you've also got uh, uh, the, the diffuser in the middle, which is great. So, if, you, if there's like lots of harsh sunlight, you can just mm. put that over the bride and groom and you'll have like that beautiful soft light. Lots and lots and lots of memory cards. So, again, uh, make sure you've got, if you can borrow some, uh, if you don't have enough, ask your friends so that you've got a lot that you can just shoot the whole thing to card and you're not having to uh, delete cards as you go because that's too stressful. You just want to make sure that you've got, you know, you just fill those cards and if you can't be downloading on the day, uh, you've got like all those safely yeah, great. day, right? You don't want to be. And then lots of batteries. Uh, mm. I, I like to use uh, rechargeable, but I think a minimum of a 10-pack should, should cover you. As well for that, I like to shoot uh, monopod uh, when I'm if it's a church ceremony, just to keep the camera stable and so that I can move around quickly. And then I go to tripod when I'm doing the hero shots, which are between the ceremony and the reception. Okay, so that's my preference. Um, uh, Yeah, so either or or both. And then the other thing, the other accessory is a friend or an assistant. <laughs> so how often when you do weddings do you bring an assistant? What always. Proportion? Really? Always, yeah. You always now, have an always. assistant? I always have an assistant because it's uh, just to help me carry the gear around and just to make sure that, like, if I'm needing a battery, mm. uh, they're going to – I just need to catch their eye from – <laughs> just have that stressed look, bring me a battery because you don't want to be yelling while mm. they're going – and. Do you, Jan, take Dave? <laughs> so, Barry, bring me a battery, will you? Oh, sorry. Can, continue. I didn't mean to yell. <laughs> Just continue on. So you, you want to be careful with uh, with all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, of so, so the thing you can do is you, you don't want to be, like, paying for an assistant is, like, I trade assisting gigs with your photographer friends. Oh, so, great idea. So, so if you do my wedding for me, the next wedding that you get, I'll, I'll do it for you. And you help each other out right. and you also learn from each other and that's a, a really good way to do it. Uh, okay, yeah, all right? great idea. 
The other thing that uh, I think is a must is a comfortable backpack or a roller bag to store the gear so that you can just move around everything uh, freely. And and it's the kind of thing that you want to have a couple of things. So so you've got your cameras sort of hanging off your body, but you want to have something like a bum bag or a little backpack that's got all your spare lenses your batteries, uh, your little snacks, some water, all your spare memory cards, everything that's just within reach because you don't want to be like running like half a K to, and back to get your stuff. No. So, so everything within easy reach and uh, that you can find it really easily as well. Okay. A few other things that, that are really good uh, handy, uh, like a small stepladder. Right. Okay. So when you do that big family group shop. Right. Yes, you can because generally there's not anywhere uh, that you can stand on, so that yep. that comes in really handy. And the other thing that uh, like I, I find that comes in really handy is I just uh, have and I have I have one of these in the car all the time is a nice wooden hanger, because when you want to do the shot of the dress, yeah, the bride's dress, often it's it's in the uh, like it's on a like one of those ugly wire hangers or one of those ones that have been Jan crochets those pink yes, ones. Yes, those cushioned you know? ones that are that yes. do not look good. Yeah, so, so not not as lovely as having that nice wooden hanger. Yeah, great idea. And another good thing to bring, just in case, is uh, just get yourself like a cheap uh, a cheap white sheet that yeah. you can throw. So if you ever want to have them sitting on the ground, particularly for the bride's dress, the last thing you want to do is be responsible for the bride sitting on the grass mm. and she gets up and she's got like all the grass stains on the back of the dress. Yeah. So just to have a sheet to, to, to put down and then you can easily hide it under the dress. So that comes in really handy. So that can easily be just uh, thrown into the kit as well. Mm. Have you – I have to ask this question. Have you um, – you know, because when you are a photographer, you kind of, uh, it's, it's such an intimate relationship, intimate, you're involved with every single aspect of the wedding day. Have you ever witnessed anything that sort of surprised you or that you shouldn't have? Oh, um, well, I've, there's like, there's been maybe the dodgy uncle doing stuff that he shouldn't have and things like that. I I have, I, I not really, but I have, like, the thing that does happen is I've had um, a sense of whether the marriage will last or not from the pre-meeting, and I, I, wow. I've been right every time, and it's just in the way that the couples speak to each other right. and, and the sorts of things that they want in there. It's, been, it's really interesting, but, and, and I've, 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 like, never been surprised when, like, a few years down the track I find that they're, they're not together anymore. Yeah. And then the and the ones that, I like, are still together 20 years later, I'm not surprised either just by the way they were when they were together in front of me in that first meeting and on the day how they treated each other. Yeah, right. It's interesting because a friend of mine, he uh, is a supplier to weddings. I won't say exactly what he does because that right, might identify give it away. him. Yeah. He's not a photographer, but he's someone who's there, you know, kind of like behind the scenes throughout the entire wedding. And he says that when you are there as a supplier, you're almost treated as invisible. So <gasps> the amount of bitching that he's heard bridesmaids, um, you know, <gasps> do about their best friend, supposedly the bride, has, is quite interesting. But he says, 
is it one particular one that just could you know shocked him was he went he was in a hotel or at a particular venue and he had to go find uh, the bathroom or somewhere and he was wandering down various spots and uh you know trying to find this the, the bathroom and he obviously w- wandered down the wrong hallways and he came into a particular room and he opened the door oh. and the bride and the best man oh my god yep. <laughs> and oh my god <laughs> I know, but even then they almost treated him, you know, as invisible because he was a supplier and they just ignored him and kept on going and he just walked straight out and then had to just continue with the rest of the wedding as if he hadn't seen anything. <laughs> Interesting. So it's, I think you, it's, it's quite an intimate thing when you get into um, the, the, the wedding day. You get to see so much of it, particularly as, as a photographer with, or some other supplier. So I, uh, I thought I would ask you whether you'd seen anything of that nature. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, you, okay, we've, we've done our checklist. We've got our checklist. We've yep. had our pre-meet. We've set people's expectations. We've yep. done all those things. And we'll put all of those um, ideas in the show notes for those people who uh, want to look them up again. What yep. next? What about okay. the actual day? So the big day. So a lot of uh, all the, the, the sort of the pre-organizing my gear and everything I do and how I plan out the big day, you're going to find that in episode eight, how to shoot events. So, so I'm not going to go into all that detail again for this one. Mm-hmm. Episode eight, great. Yeah, episode eight, how to shoot events. So, so that that goes into great detail. But, but basically, he, here's like what I do specifically for weddings. Okay, okay. so the white balance I set to fifty two hundred for daylight, for for the whole thing. Okay. And I also set my camera to shoot uh, raw, full size raw and JPEG uh, large. So if you're not ready to uh, embrace RAW, we've talked about this before, Val, just set it to shoot RAW but also to shoot JPEG. You can put the RAWs away for a later date for when you're ready to embrace RAW. But but that's how I set the camera. And I set my ISO to 100 to 400 for outside. Yep. And um, 800 to 1600 for inside. So you've got you've got those uh, two two covered, yeah. and then I will make sure that I'm shooting at one one twenty fifth or higher if I'm shooting handheld, yes. and even if I'm shooting on the monopod, I'll try and 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 keep to that because you'd rather have uh, like you want you want to have nice sharp shots, yeah, uh, all right, and sure. and and so you also like if if it's a choice of having it. Uh, a bit blurry and a, a lower ISO and and have or picking a higher ISO and having it looking a bit grainy but sharp mm. I would always pick the higher ISO because you'd rather the shots be sharp and a bit grainy than out of focus and like like a nicer not as grainy for sure okay mm-hmm. all right so when you get to the when you get to the ceremony uh, go in and uh, introduce yourself to the marriage celebrant 
this is someone that you want to have on site. And then the next thing you need to do is ask, okay, so what is it that you do? And and they're all they're, they're actually uh, really good because they're often they've done like hundreds of weddings, and they'll say, all right, so what I do is I'll stand here, we'll talk, then we'll break, and then I'll bring them over here. And you know, if you've got them on site, then then they're going to uh, give like natural breaks in the ceremony, yeah. and and they'll invite you up to take photos mm. if you've done that little bit of like pre meet before, and then they'll also give really great suggestions as to what where a good angle to stand is. So I, I think they're like the first port of call, they're a really valuable uh, research, resource, the marriage settlement. And also um, ask where you can stand and where you can't, particularly if it's in a church. And I go, oh, I got so badly <laughs> caught out. This is such an embarrassing story. What? I did my first uh, Greek wedding, yeah. right? And uh, for any Greek listeners or Greek heritage listeners, you know that it's an absolute taboo to stand anywhere near the altar. Right. You must not. I didn't know this, Val. Oh. So it's the whole Greek big weddings going on. It's like they're full on. And I have decided that I'm like, no one's standing at the back here. I could get a really good shot oh. through the couple with all the crowd in the background. It'll oh. be beautiful. So I move to the back of the church. I find my little corner and I'm happily shooting away. And you know when you get that feeling that people are looking at you, Val? Yeah. Right? Yes. And I thought, well, people would be watching me because I'm taking photos. So I ignored it for a little while. So I'm shooting for about five minutes. But you know when that feeling gets really strong and you got that? Because I'm just looking through the viewfinder. I'm caught up in the shoot. And I just, <laughs> the feeling just got worse and worse. Oh. And so I looked up from my camera and I kid you not, <laughs> like the entire <laughs> congregation are looking at me and they're all like, um, uh, vo- you know, mouthing, get off the get off get off oh. <laughs> like get off get off and they're all like the panic looked on their faces they're like get off get off get off and I'm like oh okay so I get off embarrassing oh. and then afterwards they came up and they said no you're not ever allowed to stand there that's like you know no never so <laughs> way to learn your lesson yeah so um if you're not familiar with whatever the religious mores are of the venue or the church or wherever that you are ask the celebrant or the priest or whatever okay good yes. good advice yeah and always ask like what's going to happen because like there's times when you, you're not going to know what the next thing is if it's a particular cultural ceremony so it's always mm. really good to research it I got caught out in a Jewish ceremony as well once uh, at the end I think when they're married they step on a glass Mm-mm-mm. and they break them I didn't know about that and mm-hmm. it was happening and someone warned me luckily he's like get ready they're going to break the glass I'm like what do you mean break the glass and I'm getting my camera ready and I started focusing down luckily I got the shot but mm. no one had told me so like mm-hmm. <laughs> learn all of that mm. <laughs> um so if you're going to be uh, shooting uh, longer exposures, then I do recommend you use uh, a monopod yep. in the church or just uh, a tripod and close the legs together and that becomes a really good monopod if you don't want to have both. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's best to shoot wide open for weddings. So like uh, pick, a, pick a, a, a smaller aperture, like a mm. smaller number. So the smaller the number, the, the fewer the points that are going to be in focus in the frame. Yes. So as wide open as your lens will allow. So if you've got a 2.8 lens, shoot a 2.8. Yep. If you, you know, as, and just focus on the eyes. And so what you're going to have is you're going to have that beautiful dreamy uh, 
sort of out of focus background and you're focusing on the couple. Yeah. Uh, and and then when when it comes to shooting outside, I always look for nice open shade. So nice clean shade. You want to avoid uh, shooting under trees where the light is dappled and hard, yeah. because what's going to happen is it's going to be like really blotchy on their faces and on the dress. So so just look for spots with uh, nice clean beautiful shade and uh, shoot backlit. It's beautiful. Uh, so so you, you're not having the sun directly on their face, which will cast uh, hard shadows mm. uh, try and um, set the poses up but let them flow naturally so if you're doing so obviously the ceremony you're not going to be that photographer that interrupts and believe me Val they do they, oh, yes, they will stop to set them during the ceremony Val oh, yeah, so I think like, let the ceremony happen try and not get in the way of anyone and just let, let, let it all flow and um, when you're outside, uh, set them up in a like a loving setup and let them let them flow on their own. So you get back with a long lens and allow the day to unfold. And because they're they're loved up and and happy, you might just want to give them a, a few pointers, but just allow it all to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is critical, Val. This next point: turn the beep 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 oh, beep yes. off the camera. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing worse than beep, beep, beeping. And another thing you need to remember is you're at the front of the church. People are looking at you when you're photographing a wedding. They're watching. This is not a time to be chimping. <laughs> <laughs> and remind us what chimping is, Gina. So, so chimping is when you take a shot and you look at the back of the screen and you go, oh, that's a good shot. And then you take another shot and you look at the back of the screen and you go, oh, and then you take another shot. Ooh, ooh, and you look like a chimp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no chimping. What else? So with digital, uh, you want to be exposing for the highlights so you don't lose detail in the dress, all right? Mm. So, so that, that, that's really critical. So you want to make sure that you've got like a nice uh, – uh, lots of detail in the white of the dress, so it's not blown out, and you've just got like not nothing, and you're never going to save it. So always expose for the highlights. We'll emphasise that maybe some guys won't realise how important this is, but many brides take forever pouring over every single detail and all the beading and all the lace and all the tiny, tiny things that are in their dress. And so often the shots come back and they say, oh, you can't sit, really see it in this shot, but actually that's my grandmother's beading in there. So absolutely never underestimate the importance of the detail in the dress. And that's why it's so important, Val, to get that, uh, the setup shot beforehand, mm. before it all happens, of the dress hanging and go in and take some really you know, good details of absolutely. the dress. When you're in the venue and they're actually getting married, have a look around. And this is like why you go there beforehand. But this is a time. Have a look around. And is there any way where you can get up high? So often if you're in a church, you can actually go upstairs to the mm. next level and get a great shot of the entire congregation and the, the wedding party. It looks uh, incredible. Just like run up. It's two frames and then run back down and, and get that shot. Or if you've got the friend, maybe that's the shot that you send the friend or an assistant to get because it's yes. just a good one to have. Uh, and, and, and also look for high angles. There might be one where you can get the entire group when they come out of the venue after they're married. So if there's something like that, a good vantage point, then use that to your advantage. Um, now, shoes, Val. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is not the time to be wearing like the, if, if you're a lady, the tick, 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 
heels because <laughs> you don't want to be the one that's like making the tick tack tick tick tack sound. So you want to make you want to wear shoes that are like nice and soft and don't make uh, a lot of sound so that so that you no one's going to notice you. Uh, and 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 dress appropriately for the day. So this is not the day to rock up in your torn jeans and you know biker boots. Mm. It's, it's a wedding, so you want to respect the party and and sort of dress appropriately. I got a really good tip for um for for making yourself look a million bucks and not having to spend a million bucks with with tailored clothing, Val. So the mm. thing that the thing that makes a suit look expensive is the cut. Because it fits your body really well. So you can actually buy uh, a suit off the rack and then you get a a dressmaker to actually fit it to your body. Oh, okay. Is that expensive? No. Okay. No, so you get you, like you're just asking them to like to tuck it in, in in a few places, and so that it fits you because it's the fit that makes it look yeah. super expensive. So from a distance, you're going to look like you're in a five thousand dollar suit. When you're not, it might be like hundred bucks from Target. Okay. <laughs> right. So, uh, so when you're shooting, it's really important to get all the little details, and that's why I think it's a oh, great yeah. idea to to have a look at all the wedding blogs and uh, yes. and magazines and things like that, because you'll notice that that what they fill the day with, what makes the shots really special, are all those little details, the rings, the flowers, little signs that say, you know. Jan and Dave are getting yes. married. Uh, like the order of service, table decorations, glasses of champagne, glasses of champagne, everything that's going to you know, like shoes, everything that's going to you know, like you know make up all the beautiful memories of their day. And can I say also the bonbonneries? So the little gifts that are at the end, because yep, yep, yep. people always forget to get shots of that. Yeah, and yes. often so much time and thought has been put into those, exactly. you know, by some couples that you know make sure you shoot those. So they got that, and then they're they're the shots that you're actually going to give away at the end of the day. So just make mm. sure that you overshoot. And the other thing that's like like your uh, wasn't your friend, but the wedding you went to where they did one frame at oh every God. setup. This is not the time to be conservative when you're shooting. Overshoot. It's fine to overshoot. Yep. Just keep shooting. Take lots of, particularly if you're doing like a group shot. So when it comes time to say at the reception, when you're doing the the groups of four and five and six of all the relatives at the reception, when it's a group of um four or five like that, I will take about three or four frames because someone's always going to blink. Yes. And it's like the first one to get them ready. The second one is usually the shot. And then, you know, unless you're talking to them, the third one, they've usually lost interest. But it just makes sure that you've got everyone and you've got a great shot. And I um, was at a wedding once. I wasn't the photographer, but I knew this trick and I knew that I had to get some shots of the bride because the bride was actually a very, very pretty, very, very beautiful woman. But she had this strange tendency when being photographed only of having her eyes half closed. Uh huh. So, you know, I just knew, oh, my goodness, the photographer is just not going to get very many good shots because she just does this. I've not, I knew her for years. Always her eyes would be half closed. So what I decided to do was pretend I was taking the shot and uh-huh. then only after the shot I would take the shot that's clever and then finally we'd get some shots of her without when her eyes were you know properly open well that's just like do whatever you have to do mm. to get to you know to, to, to get the great shots uh another thing Val is uh I think avoid using flash flash as mu- much as possible for a wedding. So, yeah. like when in the church, I, I like use again the monopod and long exposures. Mm-hmm. It's going to look a, a, a you know a lot more 
just beautiful. But yeah. but if you can't avoid, like sometimes you, I've I've had people get married and it's like backlit, mm. like they, because they thought that would look good. So mm. if you don't use flash, it's going to be a silhouette. So you you have to use flash. All right. Another really important thing to do is like during uh, the ceremony and during uh, the speeches at the reception, don't just focus on the people that are the heroes of the shot. Have a look. And this is a really great time to get crowd reactions. Uh, So uh, during the ceremony, you think about it. Everyone is looking on lovingly at the couple getting married. So, so get those great shots, get the reactions of the speech. People laugh and uh, that's a great shot that get okay uh now it's uh you got to watch out for the uncle daves with the cameras because they're going to be annoying the uncle dave who he's come along he's like yeah yeah yeah. i'm going to shoot the wedding too i'm just going to follow you around and uh and so you're setting up the shot and then you're about to take the shot uncle dave's in the frame always so it's kind of maybe you 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 take him you, you take him aside at the start and you say listen dave why don't we work together? Why don't you work beside me? Yeah. You know, so that, that so that he becomes an ally and then he go, Hey Dave, why don't you gather everyone up and, and, and so he's helping you yes. rather than in your way. So get him on side. And another really good person to make friends with is the MC because they're oh, usually yes. the loud mouth of the, yes. the, the friend that's got the loudest mouth who's confident. They're the ones that can wrangle all the guests for yes. you when they need you and they'll find people they generally know where everyone is. So so there's they're one of the first people that you need to meet so that, that they're helping you as well. And then finally, um, you don't want to be the annoying photographer that everyone talks about, Val. So what do you mean? You, you, well, the, the one that was just like uh, grumpy, got in everyone's way, was like really um, just kept taking over everything, was manhandling everyone for the shots and like, you know, always in a hurry. They exist, Val. Yeah. They really do. And the one, the photographer that stood in the middle of the aisle in front of the bride and groom for the entire ceremony so that no one could actually get anything and then wouldn't let all the guests take photos as well. I I let the guests take photos, come behind me and take shots or I'll set it up, I'll take my shots and then I'll go, okay, does anyone else want to get this shot? I will step out and let them get it as Mm. well. Okay. All right? Good. So apart from the big day, you mentioned that there are things to do after the event. I mean, apart from obviously giving over the shots, (laughs) what are some of the things that need to happen after the event? All right, so this I cover again, uh, EP11 workflow just got sexy. If you want to know exactly what I do in terms of loading memory cards, backing up and all of that is covered in great detail. So I actually suggest that if you haven't already listened, that you have a listen to that. So episode, episode 11. 11, and that's going to give you the, the full rundown on what you do with all the files. Mm-hmm. All right, but aside from that, the things that I do after the is I, the first thing I do is is I do a quick edit and I make sure that I send the couple, like on the night, five, five hero shots. Just oh, going, yes. And you just send a little note and you say, had the most fantastic day. Thank you for having me as your photographer. Here are five of my favourites. Yeah, because they're okay. hanging out to see them. Of course they are. And and often, like, the, you know, these might end up, like, straight away on Facebook and everyone's seen them because otherwise what happens is everyone's already seen them and, they, and they're over the shots. You want yours to be, uh, like, the heroes of yep. the day and you just want to get them out there. It's a, just a really lovely thing to do. Yeah, and it's just good PR. 
Of course. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I do at this moment when I've got all my files in front of me and they're organized is I send all the suppliers uh, copies of the shots mm, for yes. free, okay? Yes. So flowers, ring designer, dressmaker, venue, everyone. Just email them the shots with your compliments. Great PR exercise. I have a question. It's just a nice that. thing to do, yes. Do you watermark them or do you put your name, you know, discreetly at the bottom of the image or anything like that? You can. I don't. Um, I think I find that when I don't and I just uh, offer them to them uh, without expecting anything in return, Val, they generally and generously uh, will always credit me every time they use those photos. Right, great. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next thing uh, is... Try and deliver the shots as quickly as possible. Don't yeah. don't be that photographer that's three months later still hasn't given them. Just get just get it done and get it out of the way. I try and I try and get them back to them by the time they're back from honeymoon. So two, three. I, I have a three week, and I have I have them all back to them, finished and everything's you know back to them, and and try and um, deliver the job as as beautifully as possible so mm. if it's just the files that you're giving them there are still ways that you can give it to them in a really nice way so the usb sticks you can now have them designed uh beautifully and engraved and all of that if you don't want to go to that expense and you're just putting it on dvd then at least maybe print the dvd so that mm. it's beautiful with a photo from the day and then i will then get a, a beautiful box and put it all in that and wrap it all of that up and then i might do a, a nice eight by 10 print and a card and uh and 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 so the the print is a gift like my wedding gift to them so an eight by ten and then an, a nice card and, and and a big thank you for having me be a part of their day what a great idea wonderful wow Oh, my goodness, I'm exhausted. I don't want to go to another wedding. <laughs> I feel like I've just it's gone to a work. wedding. And, and Val, I did, like, we will, there is an entire other show about the actual setting up of the shots mm. and what I do on the day, uh, you know, during, after and all of that to get that beautiful uh, how to work with couples and how to do all of that and managing all of that through the day. I'll do another episode dedicated to that down the track. Great idea, great idea. Okay, so that brings us to the end of the podcast for this week. Um, what should be our hashtag Gina challenge? Why don't you have a think about that? For anyone who is new to the podcast, every week we have hashtag Gina challenge and we have a different theme each week and that's basically to help us get into the practice of taking shots regularly, ideally every day, if not then at least every week and we can all comment on each other's shots and we've all got a common theme each week so that uh, you know there's something that um, there's something that we can all work towards together um, with so what should our hashtag Gina challenge be today's all about love Val so the (laughs) hashtag has to be love don't you think hashtag yes yes so the theme is love for hashtag Gina challenge uploaded onto Instagram with hashtag Gina challenge or to the uh, Google plus page on uh, called so you want to be a photographer join us there it's really great fun we're all getting to know each other uh and we'd love to see your shots so the topic is love Love. (laughs) so what are you doing in the coming week until we speak again well, I'm getting ready. I'm about to uh, head overseas, Val. So I'm madly uh, getting myself sorted for that. So try and and I've got this beautiful new computer sitting in the corner that's just, just like I'm dying to get it set up, but I, I don't know that it's going to happen before I go. So yeah, that's uh, that's my week. Gosh, busy. 
Mm. You, you, there's so much you have to do before you go away. I know. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> I am. Um, I think some regular listeners may know that I've been uh, selling my house because we have bought another one. And uh, recently when the real estate photographer was in, I <laughs> How kind did the shots of, go? Yes. Well, you know, I had uh, to, uh, after he packed up and everything, I yeah. had to say, didn't you get this shot? Didn't you get this shot? Didn't you get this shot? <laughs> and... Um, uh, of course, and I had you in my ear, and listeners will know I had you in my ear as I was saying, you've got to get this is the hero shot. And, of course, what happened? That became the hero shot in the uh, entire <gasps> marketing of campaign. Of course. So, you know, they should take, they should listen to this podcast and they, they should, should get listen some lessons from you, Gina. <laughs> anyway, uh, we can find you, Gina, on social media where? I'm at, at Gina Militia on Instagram and at Gina Militia on Twitter. And you can also, I'm a lot on at Google Plus. So you want to be a photographer. I'm there a lot and I'm loving it. And I'm at Valerie Koo. Please do let us know what you think of the podcast, either on social media to give us some feedback or also if you have time to leave us a review on iTunes that really helps us in our rankings. And um, we look forward to chatting to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.